0: I'd become more and more convinced that maybe he could be Mr. Wright. Apparently, I was Ms. Wrong. On that depressing thought, I got drunk. Well, at least I think I got drunk. I was vaguely aware of the valet calling me a cab and me stumbling into my apartment. I may or may not have taken a bubble bath, a weird predilection that came out when I was very drunk, no matter the time of night. Since I had little memory of anything up to my head hitting the pillow, Some might say I passed out, but I'm a lady, and ladies don't pass out. I just slept, very deeply. The alarm woke me at the usual time, and I groaned, slamming my hand on the button to silence it. My head ached from too much wine, and I stood too long in the shower. By the time I was rummaging through my closet, trying to find the match to the shoes I wanted to wear, I was already going to be late. Damn it, I yelled in frustration, then heard my mom in my head. Ladies don't use vulgar language. Ladies probably never have to take the bus to work either, I growls to no one. The bus was just closing its doors when I ran up, out of breath, and carrying my shoes. I rapped on the door and the driver opened it for me. Running late today, he asked with a grin. I was too out of breath to reply, so I just smiled he was a nice guy and knew all of the regulars on his route. Work was just under five miles away, and I was one of the first off the bus, shoes now on my feet. It was a cool spring morning and probably too early in the season for the peep toe sunny yellow heels, but I'd worn them anyway. I'd added a matching yellow scarf around my neck to go with the navy skirt and white blouse I wore. The yellow added a touch of whimsy to the otherwise staid clothes. I didn't mind. It was expected attire for the assistant to the director of investment analytics at KLP Capital, which was the investment bank in Chicago. Robin worked the morning shift at Starbucks and had my standing order ready when I walked in. Thank you, I said, blowing an air kiss in her direction as I grabbed the two cups and paper bag. A second later, I was out the door and scurrying across the street. The wind whipped at my hair, but I always kept it pulled back tight. My hair was dark, thick, and long, and I never wore it down to work. A French braid tucked up into a bun kept it from getting in my way. Used to juggling coffee, Parker's breakfast, and my purse, I showed my pass to security, who let me by to the elevators. Thirty-five floors later, I stepped out. It was still early enough for me to get things set the way Parker liked. I hurried to drop off my purse and coffee before getting a plate and silverware from the kitchen. After placing the scone on the plate, and setting the coffee in precisely the right spot, I hurried back to my desk to listen to his voicemails, taking notes as I scrolled through them. Finally, setting down the telephone, I let out a sigh. All set for Parker's arrival in, I looked at my watch, three minutes. At eight o'clock on the dot, Parker Anderson stepped off the elevators and headed my way. It was secretly my favorite part of the day. Parker Anderson wore $5,000 suits and walked like he owned half the city. There was no one he couldn't intimidate, and he knew it. Some called him arrogant. He said it was confidence. This morning, he'd worn his usual kind of power suit. This one a dark gray pinstripe with a light gray shirt, and what I recognized as a Burberry tie. His dark hair was long on top, parted on the side, and lay in a smooth wave back off his high forehead. It made a nice contrast to the clear blue of his eyes. His face was perfect symmetry, an oval with a straight nose that conjured adjectives like aristocratic. A strong jaw and chin were the perfect complement, while his lips, his lips, were in the sweet spot between too thin and too feminine. Not that I spent much time staring at his lips. At least, I tried not to stare. He was 35, incredibly handsome, successful, wealthy, and as unobtainable as the moon. But that didn't mean I couldn't enjoy the view. "'Good morning, Sage,' he said, the deep baritone of his voice as smooth as a shot of twenty-year-old scotch. He took the stack of messages I handed him and glanced through them. This was our morning routine, too. "'Good morning,' I replied with a smile. I caught a whiff of his cologne mixed with his aftershave. I'd become so accustomed to the slightly spicy scent that I didn't think I'd ever be able to smell it and not think of Parker.' Usually he'd give me a polite smile, then disappear into his office. But today he hesitated. I, um, I didn't get you at a bad time last night, did I? He asked, still looking through his messages.